Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Football CU Podcast. Andrew here with you again this week. And this is it. This is the fantasy championships for most normal redraft leagues. This is where this is where you make your name. This is where you win it all. We gotta be ready this week. Um, so we're gonna get into all of the week 17 games this week's so the Saturday game, all the Sunday games, lots of action to get into. Discuss how you can make sure you win this week. Bring home a title. But first, before we get to that, let's get into the Word of God. And today we're going to go into the book of 1 Thessalonians. This is one of my favorite verse, one of my favorite scriptures throughout the entire Bible. It's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Verses 16 through 17 is pretty short, but it's so powerful. It says, be joyful always, pray continually. What did I just, what, what, what did it just say? Be joyful always, not dependent on circumstance, not because life is being good. No, be joyful always and pray continually, continually, not just whenever you need something or whenever there's health concern, or someone you know is in trouble, no. Pray continually. Always be praying every single day. That's how you have a relationship with our Lord and Savior. Okay, now let's get to it. Let's talk about that Thursday night game first. That was was crazy. Joe Flacco is trying to bring a franchise from the dead and give them their first Super Bowl. They just got them a playoff berth for the first time in a a while. Um, I think it's been like four years or something. It's just crazy what he is doing. He has turned this franchise around. They have so much hope, especially after all their injuries. So let's start with the Browns and how this day went. Um, Joe Flacco just tore it up in the first half. He didn't really do much in the second half. They were coasting. They didn't have to do a lot. But he threw for 309 yards passing this game, three touchdowns. And that play to Jerome Ford was insane. And if you have Jerome Ford and you started him, you I mean, you probably already won this, this week. Because um, he had two touchdowns. He had over 100 yards from scrimmage. He crushed it for you. Um, Cream Hunt didn't do too bad either. He got in the end zone on the ground, but another couple big ones here in the receiving game. David and Joku. If you get this kind of production from your tight end in the fantasy championships, then you have a great chance of winning this week. He got you six catches, a buck thirty-four, basically twenty fantasy points. That's just fantastic from a tight end position. He didn't get in the end zone which is the only thing that could have made his day even better. But Elijah Moore also had a pretty decent game, especially with Amari Cooper out. He was 5 for 6-1 and a touchdown. He did get that crazy bad injury. I really hope he was okay. He, was, he didn't look good after he hit his head that hard. And for the Jets, even though they got kind of embarrassed and beat down, there was still some fantasy goodness, mainly from Brees Hall. He is going to be a top five draft pick next year, and there's no question about it. You can draft McCaffrey over him, maybe a receiver like Tyree Kill, and if Justin Jefferson has a good quarterback back with him, then that's basically the list. I, Me, myself, I wouldn't draft anyone else over Brees Hall right now until the offseason. We see how things move. But he's been so good. He had... Um, he just had a crazy game. He had 13 carries for 84 yards, six and a half um, yards per carry against a stout 
Browns defense, but this is where the money's at. Nine catches, 42 yards, and a touchdown. He basically had over 27 fantasy points. It's insane. I hope you were brave enough to start him, especially after last week him scoring 42. That one hurt. He did that against me. I, I went up against a matchup where I was going to go to the championship if I won. My team was loaded, but I went up against Brees Hall's 42 and Amari Cooper's 52. With three other guys on his team, he had 25 each. He scored over 200 points in that league. In that league, the average for a good day was about 120. It really hurt. I was like, well, <laughs> nothing else you can do there. So I really hope you started Brees Hall this week. If you did, you are loving life right now. Okay, now let's get into the Saturday game. Saturday game, it could. It, I mean, there's some really good games this week. This is going to start things off wonderfully. Lions and the Cowboys. For the Lions, I think they might be leaning toward this is Jameer Gibbs' backfield. Not going to be just him, but I think he's kind of the 1A to Dave Montgomery's 1B now. Because if you look last week, Montgomery quote unquote started against the Vikings. He played a little bit, majority of the first couple of series. But then after that, it was all Jameer Gibbs basically. And he had a great game. So if I was going to start one of them, I would start Gibbs. Dave Montgomery still is startable, but more as a flex. He has to score in order to pay off. But the good thing is, he has a good chance that he does that quite often. But Jameer Gibbs, he is the real deal. He's the truth. He is awesome. He is so explosive and so athletic. It's just crazy to watch. Um, and Monroe St. Brown, of course, he's going to be going everywhere. Um, the Cowboys' pass defense is their strength, so I might lower a little bit of expectations on Amon Ross A. Brown and Sam Laporta, but to the flip side of that, the Cowboys are at home, and they have been blowing teams out at home, so I kind of expect them to win by probably 7-12 to 12 in that range, um, and if that's the case, the Lions being down, they'll have to pass the ball more, which, is mean, which means more targets for Amon Ross St. Brown, who's been just fantastic top five player as a receiver this year and sam laporta he didn't have a great game last week but i think he'll get back on track this week and jameer gibbs out of the backfield so you're starting all those guys and for the cowboys the main thing here is they didn't really look great last week but they still had decent fantasy days for cd lamb especially he's a no-brain start um and jake ferguson i think is um someone that you should start every single week at your tight end spot Dak Prescott loves to find his big tight ends, and Ferguson's been great this year. So you have to start them. But my concern is Tony Pollard. He, he might be on a short list of one of the biggest busts this year, mainly because of where we drafted him. We drafted him at the end of the first round, beginning of the second round in that range as an RB1 that we can lean on to carry us to fantasy goodness. And he just hasn't he hasn't produced He's gotten a decent amount of volume, but he hasn't really done a lot with it, which, if I'm being honest, I had a little bit of concern on that going into draft season, but I didn't put a lot of stock into it. I still thought he was going to be great, and it just hasn't turned out. I mean, the Lions' run defense is pretty good, so I would lower expectations a little bit for Tony Pollard, even though they were already kind of lowered. Okay, now going to the Sunday games. We have the Patriots and the Bills. For the Patriots, Ramondre Stevenson is done for the year. They put him on IR. So it's the Zeke show. 
The Bills have a good defense, but it's not like great. It's not like top five. It's top 10, so it's pretty good. Um, but you can still start Zeke because of the volume is going to get. And then other than that, you are going to be concerned anywhere else. Um, Pop Douglas, Demario Douglas, maybe. Maybe as a flex. And Hunter Henry, maybe. If you need, if you're desperate at tight end, which I'll raise my hand, I am. I lost Mark Andrews. And I had Dalton Kincaid in the league where I'm trying to win it all. And Kincaid's been just ugh lately. And we'll get to him in a second. Um, but... I kind of have to start Hunter Henry because this is a deep league with like 14 or 15. I think it's 15 teams. So there's nothing available. Lost Mark Andrews. That really hurt. Um, so if you have to start Hunter Henry, I understand. And for the Bills side, um, it's been kind of up and down with their offense. They ran the ball like crazy against the Cowboys. Then last week, they threw the ball pretty well um, against the Chargers. So it's just... What are we going to get? I think their offense coordinator is really trying to balance this thing out and play in the matchups. And what's the matchup this week? Patriots have a really good run defense. It's been like top three, top four all year long. But their pass defense have had so many injuries at cornerback that they're a little suspect. So I kind of feel like this is going to be one of their passing games. But the problem is, do we trust Stephon Diggs? He has just been nowhere. And he didn't play that many snaps last week either. I don't, I don't know if he's dealing with an injury or if there's something going on in the front office that he's not on board with. I don't know. But he hasn't been involved. And Josh Allen is still playing well. He's spreading the ball around to Shakir. He's spreading the ball around to Cape Davis a little bit. Stephon Diggs is still getting some, but not like he used to. I think you still got to start Diggs because he is one of the best receivers in the game. But if you made it to the championship with him, you have to be concerned. Um, he just hasn't been getting a lot of targets and not playing that much. But you still got to start him because he's Stephon Diggs. Next up, we have the Falcons and the Bears. So this will be an interesting kind of grinded out physical kind of game. For the Falcons, I, it, it's Arthur Smith's team. They still have a chance at the playoffs somehow. And I don't know. He's going to want to be balanced on the run game. Not necessarily an offense, but with a run game. By giving the ball to all of his guys. I think Bijan's still their main guy, but barely. And um, Algier is probably number two, with Cordell Patterson being number three, but they're all going to be involved. And that sucks for us fantasy man managers, but you still got to start Bijan because he is so good. Hopefully, now I, I don't wish this on anyone. I don't want to say I want Arthur Smith to be fired because he's a human being, he has a job trying to support his family. But they need a change. And hopefully if they do make a change, the new guy in there will make sure to get the ball to his best players. Bijan Robinson, Drake London, and Kyle Pitts. But until that happens, you can really only semi-trust Bijan Robinson. And it's going to be the Taylor Heineke show. And I think he's slightly better than Ritter, but not by a lot. So you might slightly upgrade those pass catchers, but the Bears' defense is legit. It's been really good. It's been strange how good they've been. And then for the Bears, um, they've been kind of a weird team this year. Um, Justin Fields has been pretty good when he's been healthy. He's been mainly targeting DJ Moore, but he got hurt. He didn't play that much last week, which really hurt because I had him in my DFS lineup. And I was counting on him just to do something average. The rest of my players are pretty good, but he kind of ruined it for me. But it happens. He got hurt. Nothing you can do. 
I hope he makes he, he goes this week. I think he will, but I don't know for sure. If he doesn't, then you would lower expectations of Justin Fields in that pass game. Then they'll run, lean on the run game, which the Falcons' defense is above average, but not great. So you can run in, you can pass on them a little bit. Um, and but last week it was kind of Khalil Herbert again with Roshan Johnson mixed in. Deontay Foreman, for personal reasons, didn't play. He was inactive, and it might happen again. If that does, if one of those three is out, then you can feel okay by starting the other two as RB2 flexes because I don't think either one of them is going to dominate the touches, but they'll both be involved enough because the Bears want to be balanced, and they're a really good run team, not so much as far as a pass game. You also um, should start Cole Komet. He's been great, especially especially if DJ Moore is out. Next up here, we have the Raiders and the Colts. This, oh, man, this is going to be another good game. The Raiders have been playing so well lately. Um, their new coach, Antonio Pierce, has got this team believing it and kind of on playoff-ish radar. They need a lot of help, but they're playing so well right now. I think he should keep the job next year. Um, and you should look at streaming their defense possibly because their defense has been doing so well lately. Look what they did to the Chiefs last week. The Colts are no pushovers. They have decent offense, but might be a streaming defense to look into. Just something to think about. Um, but for the Raiders, looks like Josh Jacobs is doubtful again. So it's going to be this Mere White show, which is not bad. You can start him and feel okay about it. He played pretty well last week. Um, but other than that, Devontae Adams must start. Jacoby Myers might be as well. He's been okay. He might be a flex type play, but that's pretty straightforward for the Raiders. Not really much there. And for the Colts, Zach Moss is going to miss this game as well. So it's going to be Jonathan Taylor. You're going to ride him all the way into fantasy goodness if you're still alive. Um, and then Michael Pittman Jr. sounds like he's going to play from his really bad looking concussion last week. Um, and that's pretty much it. Josh Downs has kind of tailed off a little bit. Um, he might have a boom game every now and again, so he could be someone that you might start for a boom type of game. We'll get into that in a little bit, um, but for now, I would just start Michael Pittman Jr. and Jonathan Taylor and be happy about that. Next up, the Rams and the Giants. Rams have been fighting. They're in playoff position right now. They play the Niners next week, so they really need to win this game and not overlook it. I kind of have a little bit of a fear that this is kind of a trap game for them. The Giants have been playing pretty decently, decently enough at least, to keep this competitive. But for the Rams, um, this, uh, they're, they're awesome on offense. Cooper Cup has been playing kind of a roller coaster ride, but he's Cooper Cup. He's a start. Pukunakua, though, he's been going nuclear, especially last week with 33-ish, I believe it was 33 fantasy points. Can't expect that again, but he is so good. He is going to be a probably like a top 10 drafted receiver next year. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. He's just fantastic. The main one I'm looking at is Kyron Williams. Last week, he wasn't involved as much, um, but mainly because they were throwing the ball so well. I think this week, they're going to try to lean on the run game more. I think this is a Kyron Williams kind of a game. And for the Giants, they're going back to Tyra Taylor, which I think is a good thing for them as a whole. So it's really good for Darren Waller. I think he's startable this week. He's been playing more, looking decent. Saquon's going to get more run lanes and be more involved in the pass game. That's kind of it for the Giants. I don't think you can trust the receivers unless you're in a deep league. Then you might need a Darius Slayton or a Wando Robinson, but I wouldn't feel good about it. But I do believe the Rams might be on 
slight upset alert. They need to make sure they play well this game because they got the Niners coming up next week. Next game we have is the Cardinals and the Eagles. For the Cardinals, um, it sounds like Marquise Brown got put on IR that he's done for the year. So really, there's three guys that you feel comfortable starting for the for the Cardinals here. Kyler Murray as a decent low-end quarterback one. James Conner, just because he's so involved. The Eagles' run defense is really good, but James Conner does, doesn't stop him from producing because he gets so much volume, especially in the pass game. And Trey McBride, one of the best young tight ends out there. Um, I have my DFS lineup again this week. Who else is Kyler Murray going to throw to? Because the Eagles are probably going to get a good lead. I think this is a get-right game for them. Good transition to talking about the Eagles. I think you start everyone. You start everyone because the Cardinals' defense is so bad. It's been so bad all year. I think the Eagles are going to try to do whatever they can to get back into a good rhythm because they've been kind of a funk lately. So you're starting Hurts, of course. You're starting A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. I think DeAndre Swift is a decent start this week, maybe like an RB2, because I think they'll have a good lead. They'll kind of maybe lean on him a little bit more than normal. And also Dallas Goddard should be started as well because tight end is kind of difficult as it is. So you're starting everyone from the Eagles. Next up, we have the Saints and the Buccaneers. This basically is for the division. Buccaneers win the game. They win the division. Saints win the game. They're tied, and it comes down to the last game next week. So this is kind of the division game. For the Saints, um, I think they're pretty much right to the point. Alvin Kamara is fantastic. The Buccaneers' run defense is is decent, though, so he's not going to run the ball well, but he is so involved in the pass game. He is awesome. He had a bad week last week, so if you survived, you can feel confident this week. And then Chris Olave is amazing, one of the best young receivers out there. And that's kind of all you're trusting. If you need a boom play, Rashid Shahid is one of those guys. He had a boom game last week. With the boom bust players like Shahid, like Gabe Davis, those guys, I always am on the side of if they boomed one week, you can't expect them to boom again because that's the nature of the boom bust. They don't do it often. I don't normally anticipate two back-to-back boom games. So I wouldn't think that that's going to happen. I mean, that's just, there's no science, there's no stats. It's just a feeling I get. Just the normal thing that happens is players don't boom twice in a row when they're that kind of a player. So if we have to start them for maybe a boom type type of guy, maybe, but I am not expecting him to boom this week. And then for the Buccaneers, they haven't played so well. They've been an impressive team this year. I think Baker Mayfield is a possible start option if you lost your quarterback, if you've lost Herbert, if you lost um, Purdy last week, which I think he's going to play this week. But if you lost your quarterback or um, your quarterback has a bad matchup, he is a decent start. Baker Mayfield's been playing really well because Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Rashad White have been so good in the past game. Rashad White's not been very efficient running the ball, but he is very involved All three of those guys, you start with confidence, and you're loving it if they're on your team. Next up, we have the 49ers and the Commanders. So Brock Purdy got hurt last week, but I think he's fine. I think he's going to play. I haven't heard anything that's saying he's benched. Not necessarily benched, but that he's injured. So I think he'll be fine. He might have lost MVP, but look who he has this week. He has the Commanders. No better team to get right than than against the Commanders. 
So you're firing up Brock Purdy. If you may, so I don't know if you were able to, but if you survive last week with Brock Purdy as your quarterback, him scoring like less than one point, I believe it was, or less than two, it was awful. If you survived, then he's going to bring you a title this week, I believe, because he is going to just torch this commander secondary. And I think the commanders are missing some pieces as well. If they're injured, it's crazy. So you're starting him. You're starting Debo, you're starting Ayuk, starting Kittle, and of course you're starting CMC. They're all going to crush it this week. And for the Commanders, well, you're probably also starting the 49ers defense, if, if you're being real about that. And for the Commanders, they're going back to Jacoby Brissett. I think Sam Howell's done for the year, which is kind of good for their pass catchers because Brissett's been getting the ball to him. And you expect that they're going to be losing pretty heavily, so I would think... That Terry McLaurin, maybe Jahan Dodson, I don't know if I would trust it, but maybe they're both possible flex plays because they're going to be involved. Brissett can get the ball to them, and you can be, feel good about that. Um, he's very accurate. He's, he pushed the ball downfield. He's a good quarterback, and he's going to get them the ball. So they could have decent fantasy days. Not so much the running backs. I don't think you're going to run the ball against the 49ers, and they're going to be down so much most likely. So if I had any Commanders players, it's only McLaurin I trust, and then maybe a Jahan Dotson or Curtis Samuel, and that's stretching, that's pushing it. Next game is the Panthers and Jaguars. For the Panthers, DJ Chark Jr. crushed it last week. That came out of nowhere. Again, one of those boom-bust players. I wouldn't expect that to happen again, but you never know if you need a boom-bust guy. He's your guy. Other than that, the Panthers are, Panthers are straightforward. It's Adam Thielen, it's Chuba Hubbard, that's it. You really don't trust anyone else. And the only reason why you trust those two is because they're so heavily involved. That's about it. The Panthers are the worst team in the league and probably not even close, honestly. Um, and then for the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence is going to miss his first game as a football player. Not just professional, but as a football player. So it's going to be C.J. Beathard. And he is okay. He's not bad. I think he can get the job done, get the ball to the guys we care about. Evan Ingram will be heavily involved. Zay Jones, I think he's going to give it a go, so he should be involved. And Calvin Ridley. Maybe Parker Washington, but I wouldn't expect much. But um, the only other guy will be Travis Etienne. Those are the only guys you can really trust. Etienne, Calvin Ridley, and maybe to a lesser extent Zay Jones, but definitely Evan Ingram. I think this is going to be a big, big Evan Ingram game. Because what do quarterbacks who are backups or with low experience, what do they like to do? Get the ball to a big target. Evan Ingram is going to feast this week. Next up, we have possibly the game of the week. Dolphins-Ravens. Let's go. Winner, basically, is in line for the number one seed in the AFC and getting that by, which is huge. So for the Dolphins, they're healthy again. Um, mostly. Tyreek Hill is getting back his ankles better. He's been playing. Of course, you can start him. Raheem Mostert, though, he got a little dinged up last week. I think he's fine, but um, that's the first time he's been injured, so it's something to keep your eye on. But what I'm concerned about here is the Ravens' defense. Um, it is very good, especially against the pass, but you're not benching Tyreek. He is amazing, and it sounds like that Waddle is out or leaning toward being out, so I don't know if if um, Tua is going to really be able to have a good game. He'll get the ball to Tyreek. He'll get the ball to his running backs. But who else does he have? 
I have, I'm a little concerned about the Dolphins. I think the Ravens are going to just beat them up physically and win this game, not going away, but by a little bit, maybe like 10 points or so, um, but all, but be in control the whole time. And for the Ravens, um, Lamar Jackson, he wins this game. He's basically MVP, and I think he's going to win this game. You're starting him. Say Flowers should have a good game because he's so dynamic, so shifty. Um, and then that's kind of it. Other than maybe Isaiah Likely, you can likely start him. See what I did there? Everyone does it. I had to do it. Um, but that's about it. Odell Beckham Jr. might be a flex-ish or wide receiver three just because um, they might be throwing the ball more because this might be kind of a up and down kind of a game. But um, I wouldn't really trust Gus Edwards or um, Justice Hill. They're going to split it enough where I don't really trust either one of them. But I think the Ravens win that game. Next up, we have the Titans and the Texans. For the Titans, um, man, they, they've had a rough year. They had a lot of talent on that team, but it's it's kind of done. Um, their season's over. They're making the playoffs. They're looking to next year. But the biggest thing here is Derrick Henry. What happened against the Texans two weeks ago? Derrick Henry had a total of 20 touches, I believe, and 10 yards. 10. Do you want to try and start him this week against the Texans again? Do you have the do you have the courage, the strength to bench Derrick Henry? I wouldn't be able to. I don't have any shares of Derrick Henry this year. If I had him on my team, I would start him. But if you think about you need to bench him for someone else, I don't know who else you would have on your bench that might be able to go over, maybe a Dave Montgomery type. Maybe you do. I don't know, but this that's that's the most interesting thing about the Titans this week. Um, I just, They're done, and I don't really think there's anything else fantasy-wise. You're going to start DeAndre Hopkins because he's he's Nuke. He's Hopkins, and Derrick Henry probably you're going to start, and that's about it. And for the Texans, it looks like C.J. Stroud is finally going to be back. That is great news. So you fire up all of your Texans' um, weapons. Nico Collins is healthy. You're starting him. Noah Brown, you're starting him because C.J. Stroud loved to get the ball to him. Dalton Schultz, if he's healthy, which I believe it is, you should be able to start him probably as well. Maybe a low end on the tight end side, but he is getting C.J. Stroud back, which is great. And then David Singletary, I think you probably start him as well. Maybe a RB2 reflex. Titans run defense is pretty decent, but Texans are back. I believe they win this game. They put up a good amount of points. Next up, we have the Steelers and Seahawks. This is two 8-7 and seven teams trying to fight and claw and get a playoff spot one. I think the winner of this game probably gets in. Um, Steelers less of a chance. If the Seahawks win, they're basically in. But um, for the Steelers specifically, man, George Pickens went off last week. That slant he took to the house and that sideline crazy catch, he had a huge, huge game. Again, though. The boom bust thing. I think he's. I don't know if he's due for another big boom game. I can't trust it. I would just start Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris to a lesser extent, maybe a flex. Same with Jalen Warren, maybe a flex, and that's about it. Fryermuth hasn't really done much lately. Um, and other than last week's game, Pickens has been nowhere to be seen. The thing is, though, Mason Rudolph is still going to start. And he threw the ball to Pickens left and right. So that's something to watch. If you're brave, 
and you want to start Pickens again, I respect it. He might do something. Maybe he has connection with Mason Rudolph. That could be a thing. And for the Seahawks, um, Steelers defense doesn't really scare you. It's not bad. Not a bad defense, but it doesn't really scare you. So you're starting Metcalf. Kenneth Walker looked great last time we saw him. Um, and Tyler Lockett should be fine. He gets enough volume. And maybe to a lesser extent, another boom-bust player is um, JSN. I put him in my DFS lineup because he's cheap, and he's a boom-bust guy. So he might be a startable kind of candidate there. But I would still lean Tyler Lockett just barely, just barely over JSN because Tyler Lockett is still more involved. He hasn't been producing like JSN, but he's more involved. So you have to believe eventually it's going to come into fruition. Next up, Chargers and Broncos. For the Chargers, Houston Stick's been playing good enough. Not great, but good enough. Keenan Allen is out again. I think he's done for the season. His season's over with, which is sad because he was so, so good this year. If you drafted him and you're riding him and you're missing the past couple weeks, you probably didn't make it to the finals. But if you did, more power to you. Um, but it's just so sad. I think he's done for the year, which means someone else has got to step up. So Austin Eckler has been running a little bit better lately. Um, Gerald Everett actually was getting a lot of targets. He's a sneaky DFS player. Got him in my lineup. And Quentin Johnston, another dart throw kind of a guy. He is so talented, but he's not really done anything with it. Joshua Palmer is probably startable, but I'm looking at Quentin Johnston. Maybe, maybe this is the week where he has a boom game because he hasn't really had one yet. Back to my little thoughts on boom-bust players. And for the Broncos, they're benching Russell Wilson. They're going to Jarrett Stidham, which that doesn't do much. I, that's a mistake as far as the team itself goes, winning games. But financially, I understand what they're doing. I don't like it, but I understand what they're doing financially with Wilson's contract. So if you have any offensive pieces for the Broncos, I wouldn't feel great. I mean, Sutton is still a fine wide receiver two or flex. Javante Williams is a fine RB2 or flex, but you're not loving it with Jared Stenham at quarterback. Next game is another possibly big game. A lot of important things here. Bengals and Chiefs. The Bengals win. They're still in the playoff push. If the Chiefs lose, ah, man. I mean, the Raiders aren't out of this yet. It's crazy to think that the Raiders still have a chance at this, but I... I would think the Chiefs would win this, but I don't know. They're not looking great. For the Bengals, it looks like Jamar Chase is probably going to be back, which is great. You're firing him up. T. Higgins has played well in his absence, so you probably can still start him, but lowered expectations. Jake Browning's fine, but as you saw last week when they didn't play that well, he likes to turn the ball over and force some things. They lost the Steelers last week. He didn't play great. Um, and then Joe Mixon, you can start him. Chiefs run defense is pretty good, but Joe Mixon's going to get enough volume where he's a solid RB2. And for the Chiefs themselves here, Patrick Mahomes, he has not been good. He's just not been good. He's not been the Patrick Mahomes we know and respect and appreciate fantasy-wise. Thing is, though, he's playing a very bad Bengals defense. So I think he's going to have a big game. I think him, Kelsey, Rasheed Rice, and Isaiah Pacheco are going to go off. They know they need to get right. And this is a good spot to do that against a bad Bengals defense. So 
I think you can start all those guys and feel really good about it. And the last game we have is the Packers at the Vikings. Huge playoff possible applications here too. They're both out of the playoffs right now, but they're both not eliminated. They need a little help. So the winner has a chance. The loser is basically done. For the Packers, um, it sounds like Christian Watson's probably going to miss again, but Jane Reed is healthy. He's going to play. That's good. Um, that Tammy Wicks is still questionable. I think he's going to give it a go, but I'm recording this on Friday, so I don't know for sure. Um, but other than that, you're starting Aaron Jones. The Viking Stevens is good, but it's not unbeatable, so to speak. You just have to understand what their blitzes are. Last time that the Packers faced the Vikings, the Vikings turned them, had them on the goal line like three or four times, and the Packers couldn't score. So the Packers moved the ball, and they had a lot of drop passes. Um, so you're starting Aaron Jones. He should have a big game. And Jaden Reed probably have a big game as well. Other than that, maybe Tucker Craft, because I don't think I don't think Luke Musgrave is going to play. I think he's still going to be still um, missing part of practice and still ramping up to play again off of IR. So I think Tucker Craft, he might, you know, might be a tight end you can stream if you're um, hurting, if you've got hurt on the tight end spot. And for the Vikings, I think the Vikings offense is going to explode is going to explode this week. Jaron Hall is starting, which I think is good. Nick Mullins, he he moved the ball really well, but he had too many turnovers, too many bad throws. I think Jaron Hall is kind of the opposite of Nick Mullins. I think he's kind of conservative. He gets the ball to the open guy, and that's kind of what the Vikings offense is all about. Timing. Getting the ball to the right spot. Focusing in on Justin Jefferson. I think Jaron Hall probably will target Justin Jefferson 15 times this week. Because Hawkinson's out. Addison is dealing with an ankle injury. I think he might play, but he's not going to be 100%. KJ Osborne's fine, but he's not great. And then who else do they have? Johnny Munt, Oliver. They might get some targets at the tight end spot, but I think JJ is going to get 15 targets, possibly score two touchdowns. And Ty Chandler is also going to be heavily involved. The Packers' defense hasn't been playing well, and they're going to be benching Jerry Alexander. So you're thinking the Vikings could score a ton of points this week. That's it for the fantasy preview. Now, if you're in the championship, just a little thought here. Don't get cute. Play your studs. You're going to be looking at your lineup hours, trying to decide, do I do this? Do I do that? What do I do? I want to make the right decision. Don't overthink it. Is it going to work out if you play all your stars? Are some players on your bench going to outscore your stars? But it's very possible and probably likely. But you don't need to bench your studs that got you there. Start all those guys Trust that they're going to bring you fantasy goodness. And then also, projections-wise, if you're projected to lose by over like 10 to 15 points, that might be the time to start those boom-bust guys. If you're projected to win by more than 15 points, you want floor play. You don't want uh, Gabe Davis getting you two points or 25. You want someone that you know is going to get you about 10 to 12. And if that's the case, they're going to bring you a win. So don't overthink it. Make sure you start your studs and you either do a boom bust or a floor guy dependent on your matchup against who you have in the fantasy championship. Okay, now it's enough about fake football. 
Now let's get real. And today I wanted to talk about not doing life alone, finding people, finding a good circle of um, close friends, a good Bible study, getting people around that are good um, value that can bring you just lots, lots of strength and uplifting conversation that you can fellowship with. And I wanted to start with some scripture here about not being alone, about not isolating yourself. To start with on Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, for when two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. So when you're with fellow believers, fellow followers of Christ, Christ is there with you. When you're by yourself, he's always with you, of course. But when there's multiple people there, you feel his presence. It's just very well known. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. It doesn't say stay home and love apart. It says, above all, keep loving one another earnestly. That means spending time with each other, not isolating yourself. Ecclesiastes 4, 9, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. Lots of scripture in the Bible about not doing life alone. And isolation is where the enemy can really do his best work when you're just by yourself in your own thoughts and he enters in, he is very good at what he does, brings you so much doubt, so much um, just self-doubt and not believing in yourself and self-pity and you don't want to do that. If you're dealing with something, if you're hurting, if you're struggling, don't try to do it alone. Find some help. Find some friends, family, maybe even a professional to get you some help. I know me. I made the mistake of not doing that. During my most difficult times, going through a depression, social anxiety, spinning just every day by myself, I didn't feel like I had any worth. I felt worthless. All I wanted to do is sleep and just stay in bed most of the time. That's no way to live life. It took one of my, really my only friend at the time to get me out of that funk and get me to do something. Went to a Bible camp, a church camp, and that totally changed my life. I haven't been looking back since. People are good for you. God put us on this earth for fellowship, to build one another up. Because as it says in Proverbs, Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. We can't sharpen ourselves when we're by ourselves. It takes another iron, other person, to sharpen us, to make us better, to continue to have us grow. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining in. I hope you learned a lot and hope you win your fantasy championship. Bring yourself a title. If you have any questions, just come to our website, fantasyfootballcu.com. Join the free forums. Ask any start, sit question you want. I'm happy to answer them. Or we have lots of courses that you can dig into to make you a better fantasy player for next year. Or if you never played and you're interested for the first time, you can learn from the ground up. With the courses on there, we're having a great Christmas sale. Lasts up until the beginning of the year. So December 31st, the sale ends 25% off of any product. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll see you next week. God bless you and have a great and happy new year.